0: This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. When you go to a museum or visit a science center, it's not uncommon for there to be graphs, charts, or other visual data displays included in the exhibit. Those can be inaccessible for blind or low-vision visitors. Researchers with the Accessible Oceans Pilot Project are working to change that. They're exploring how to turn some of that data into sound so it can be appreciated by more visitors. John Bologna is a sound artist and senior instructor of audio production at the University of Oregon. Amy Bauer is a senior scientist at the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. They both join me now. It's great to have you both on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Amy Bauer, first, how did this project start?
1: I have been developing a vision problem uh, for the last 30 years or so, uh, and I was diagnosed after I started a graduate program to be uh, an oceanographer. Um, So all these years while my vision has been declining, I've been searching for alternative means to access data, and data sonification is certainly one of those. So i have just going to kept my ear to the rail, so to speak, um, for opportunities to explore data sonification. And uh, I got teamed up with John and uh, a couple other interested folks. And we um, put in a proposal to the National Science Foundation to try out uh, data sonification on some ocean data uh, that would specifically be shown in museums.
0: John, from an audio perspective, what are the challenges of turning data into sound?
2: Some of the challenges on turning data into sound is how really it's going to be uh, perceived by a lot of different people. There's so many different ways. I mean, that's part of the fun. You get to de- kind of design these values, the data values, and mapping them onto sound parameters. If uh, So, for example, if you're mapping uh, the values and, in, say, as the, vo- the values go up, you make the sound louder or the pitch will go up. And a lot of those decisions, uh, it's... Uh, hard to, to know sometimes if that what you, the decisions and choices you're making are going to be the best. And I think what's great about this project is we're kind of really doing this inclusive design process uh, that's uh, paired up uh, blind and low vision teachers and students uh, as well as uh, scientists and educators together to try to create uh, a best practice auditory display that includes data sonifications.
1: Hmm.
0: So you've been as a team drawing on existing data to do this not you're not doing original work right now with the purpose of turning that into into sound i, I want to play folks uh, an audio clip that your team has created this one is based on data that came from sensors measuring pressure on the ocean floor around an underwater volcano off the coast of washington and there are basically three main sounds that that we're going to hear there's bubbling as the volcano's magma chamber fills, there's a whine on the seafloor that rises in response uh, to, to to that pressure. And then there's a boom that I think is self-explanatory that marks the, the <laughs> volcano's eruptions in 1998 and 2011 and in 2015. And the data set starts right before that first eruption. The, the, the boop-beep at the beginning and the beep-boop at the end.
2: Uh, so those sounds we specifically uh, learned about, are um, we designed as a result of this study, which is really the indication that you're about ready to listen to the sonification. It's about ready to start. And at the very end, the sonification is over. And kind of it came through... Um, interviewing teachers at Perkins uh, School for the Blind and how they use sound in a classroom. They use devices that uh, give a sound when they turn the device on and when they turn the device off. And also in interviews with those teachers, we found that often when they're listening to data sonifications in a classroom setting and it ends, there is a long pause. (laughs) And in that long pause, People are trying to understand, students and teachers, is it over? Uh, w- when can we uh, start talking again? And so it was really clear to us in our uh, development of this, we needed to give a clear indication that the sonification would start and that it was it was over so that uh, anybody, whether you're sighted or, or non-sighted, you would be able to un- uh, hopefully understand um, that you're listening to quantitative information. Hmm. Amy Bauer... Did you get a chance to
0: be around people as they were listening to this? I'm just I'm curious what what the experience was like to to be around say a, a young person or an or an older person who was hearing this data?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, I have been. We've done some testing of these sonifications in various settings. And one in particular, which John and I did together here at Woods Hole, was quite interesting. Members of the general public came by, by and we invited them to sit down and listen to these sonifications. And people afterwards would say how much they appreciated this mode of uh, of, of learning about oceanography or science and that they had not, you know, they'd say, uh, oh, I was never good at math. I, uh, I, I hated science. I didn't get it, you know, but this, I get this, like it somehow broke through th- their perception that they weren't interested in science and got them excited. And that was really gratifying to see.
0: Uh, John, my understanding is there, Amy is talking about people um, who might be blind or have low vision. Do you see potential benefits to to this work of having data turned into sound rather than turned into a visual representation for people who themselves are not blind or low vision?
2: Absolutely. I mean, when we talk about uh, sound and using sound... um, really the potential is to kind of provide what we've called kind of a quote, curb cut effects. And um, just as you think about curb cuts at crosswalks that benefit more than just wheelchair users and the accessibility, People bikes, people with strollers, people who have any kind of mobility issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can think about sonification can make complex data or just quantifiable data more accessible. Uh, So for blind and low vision learners or researchers, sonification can provide access to quantitative information. But for sighted learners, sonification can provide another sensory opportunity to engage, to explore, and to communicate.
0: Let's listen to one more clip. Uh, This is based on data from sensors off the coast of New England that measure how much carbon dioxide the ocean absorbs over time from the atmosphere and also how much it releases over time uh, back into the atmosphere. The CO2 absorption sounds like someone sipping through a straw um or something else sort of slurpy the co2 release sounds like a rush of wind and there are also voice markers for the seasons
1: winter spring summer
2: hear it all together, the ocean almost sounds like it is breathing, breath in during the cold winter, breath out during the hot summer, absorbing carbon dioxide when it's cold and then releasing or outgassing when it is warm. And
0: that was obviously some some added information. Um, there's some actually at the beginning of the sounds and some after to help people understand what what the data is showing them. I'm curious, you know, for the the whether it's a slurpy sound. My understanding is it, it might be turned into something else to to communicate the same numerical data. Do people sometimes mistake what they're listening to? Do they assume that this is a recording of a natural process, that a microphone was put somewhere and you're hearing what the world did, as opposed to hearing data turned into sound?
1: Yeah. Once in a while that happens. Uh, someone will um, misunderstand what the sounds represent, um, but not most of the time. And, and it, it really behooves us to make sure we clearly explain that this is a representation of numbers, not a recording. Um, yeah.
0: How do you hope, uh, Amy Bauer first, that that these tools could be used in museums or aquariums?
1: Well, ideally, my dream is that this kind of data sonification becomes a routine component of any exhibit that has quantitative information um, so that anyone can walk up to the exhibit. And if there's a data graph or something as part of the exhibit, that they just push a button and they get to hear it instead of having to look and figure it out and scratch their head about a graph. A lot of people don't um, really understand how to read a graph. (laughs) Uh, And so to be able to augment the visual representation with the sonification, I think would be very engaging too. Many people just um, perceive information more easily and more interestingly through sound rather than vision. Hmm.
0: John, the way I understand this, your whole team is working hard to figure out ways to represent data and sound that that people will mm-hmm. respond to and understand. This is real humans doing real work. Can you imagine a future where that work is automated in a way, and and say a, a graph on a website can be turned into sound? automatically in a way that would actually be meaningful for a, a, a somebody who's blind who goes to that web page.
2: The, the way that, that text now can easily be turned into voice. Well, the, the cool thing is that there are some of those tools already exist. Uh, there are online tools, um, that you can turn, uh, data, just, you know, graphs, uh, numerical values into sound. Um, some of the choices around them are kind of limited, um, and some of the tools themselves are not accessible. Um, but I think we're making some good strides into, uh, opening up or expanding data sonification for everyone. Um, the, the... Possibilities are kind of still fresh. Um, the fact that data soundification as a kind of field and uh, an auditory display community, international community is still 30, 35 years old. And so there's a lot of um, possibility and growth, especially when we're thinking about online uh, and digital tools uh, that are currently uh, currently happening right now. John Bologna. And Amy Bauer, thanks very much. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Good to talk with you.
0: Likewise. John Bologna is Senior Instructor of Audio Production at the University of Oregon. Amy Bauer is Senior Scientist at the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution.